Welcome to the Healthy Happy Gut Summit, a free online event featuring some of today's top experts in the field of gut health, sharing their wisdom and practices to heal and nourish your microbiome. Please share this event with your friends and family, and come join us on Facebook at The Shift Network. And now your host, Stephanie Jackson. Welcome. I'm so glad you could join us today. I am super excited to introduce you to John Ellerman. He's a microbiologist with 50 years experience in his field and is also the creator of ProGood Probiotics, the symbiotic formula, which we're going to talk about what a symbiotic is today. So that's exciting. Uh, John is a leader um, when it comes to probiotics, prebiotics, gut issues, and has spent decades on fo- focusing on how our gut health affects our overall well-being. Uh, so, John, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you, Steph. You're very welcome. I'm so excited to to get into talking about our gut bugs today. Um, but before we do, I just want to ask you personally, what, what interested you in this? You've obviously dedicated years and years to study and research. And, yeah, why? <clears throat> okay. Well, I first got interested in probiotics back in the 1970s, which tells you how old I am. Um, <laughs> I'm a dairy microbiologist by background, and I've always, my whole career, worked with the cultures that are used to make dairy products, including probiotics. Um, But um, in the 1990s, not only did I um, get treated for uh, a Giardia infection in my bowel, which uh, gave me problems, but uh, uh, I was also... um, that also involved in um, making probiotic cultures. Uh, I was working for a company that uh, produced cultures for the dairy industry. And um, so uh, when I was treated uh, with Flagyl, which is metronidazole, I ended up with a real IBS problem and had to treat myself. So that was 20 years ago. So uh, my experience and my health both uh, collided, so to speak, and uh, I had to develop a product to treat myself, uh, which I did successfully. And uh, the rest is history, you might say. <laughs> so. That's that's awesome. So you had this unique information, really, because of what you were doing in your career. And yeah. <laughs> then um, you found yourself in a position where you could uniquely help yourself. That's right. And now you're sharing it with so many people. Yes, that's basically the story, yes. And that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I, and- I, I guess uh, the main boost to this whole probiotic thing happened when I was on the management committee of a government-funded research centre at the University of New South Wales. I was working in industry, but the government was trying to get industry and academe together to develop products and, and produce them. And uh, so for eight years, I was on this committee and the major uh, project or program, as they called it, was uh, probiotics and prebiotics. So we were able to develop the best possible cultures, you know, or or at least uh, find the best possible cultures combined with the best possible prebiotics for fibre that boosts them. And so we ended up with um, technology that uh, gave us uh, what I call a super symbiotic, which we can explain in in, uh, detail in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's start with this. You just said prebiotic a few times. What's a prebiotic? Just for clarity. Prebiotic is simply fiber um, 
and that actually feeds the probiotics and boosts their numbers to higher levels. That's it. Um, so, okay. So there are a few different types of fiber. Like, is it, we have those indigestible fibers, we've got resistant starch, like what's the, what, and people are getting really nerdy about these words now. Um, sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, there are different types of fiber and uh, a lot of it, it, it depends what particular carbohydrates or sugars, if you want to call them, are involved. I mean, there's about 50 different sugars. And I'm not talking about just sucrose. I mean, there's fructose, right. mannose, mannitol, you know, you name it. The whole spectrum. You yeah. know, there's, there's 50 different ones. Yeah. And um, they're metabolized differently by different microorganisms. And different mm -hmm. microorganisms might prefer one over the other. Um, also, some of them are used rapidly and some of them are used more slowly. And in mm -hmm. fact, what we do is we combine a rapidly used one with a slowly metabolized one. Um, oh. And we actually get a boost on top of a boost. Um, yep. So uh, that's why I call it a super synbiotic. Synbiotic because there's a synergy between yep. the pre and the probiotics. And uh, there was some work done by our government's premier research organisations here in Australia, CSIRO. And uh, they found uh, using pigs as a surrogate for humans, which uh, a lot of experiments uh, are done in this area in pigs, um, they found that if they combined, well, firstly, if they put uh, fructo-oligosaccharide into a pig, um, they got a, about a five-fold boost to the bifidobacteria coming out the back end. Um, then if they just used a resistant starch, uh, they got, I think, a 28-fold increase in the bifidos coming out the end. But oh, when they word. combined them, it wasn't 28 plus five. In fact, the uh, which would have been, you know, 33-fold, it was actually 47-fold. So there's a, uh, the, the first one, the uh, fructo-oligosaccharide boosts it, and then they, uh, um, not, they multiplied on that, and then they feed on the resistant starch, and they're multiplied up further. Now, we have found that inulin which contains a lot of fructooligosaccharide and um, fibroate which comes from america as a matter of fact from the last tree are better at doing that uh, and uh, solubilize better and things like that so we've advanced from that original research but also the the major thing is um, the 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 difference between different probiotics and you know, you'll ask me a question about uh, how do you select a probiotic or what does a probiotic do? And we should get onto that subject if you want me to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, sure. Let's do that. What's the role of a probiotic? Yeah. Okay. Um, if you imagine that, that basically what's going on down inside your gut is um, it's a microcosm of what goes on in nature. Uh, right the competition and fighting and, you know, all sorts of battles going on down there between different microorganisms. And you've got, you know, uh, a thousand different species down there perhaps, and they're all fighting for the right to survive down there. And a pro sometimes, and well, it's become so common these days, mm. you get a predominance of bad bacteria due to the use of antibiotics mostly but also aided and abetted by 
Western diet and, you know, stress and all those sorts of things. Um, but the major damage to our microbiome, the bugs in our gut, it has been due to antibiotics. And that has selected for bugs that can resist the antibiotics, but it's also unfortunately selected for a lot of bugs that are bad for us. And okay. a lot of people are dying from Clostridium difficile infections, uh, which disintegrate the, um, the intestine. Um, and we could talk about what I colloquially call poo transplants, the um, yeah. uh, fecal matter transplants, um, you know, uh, in an attempt to restore um, right. some, the microbiome. Um, perhaps we'll get just, onto that a bit later. I, think, I feel like you touched on something really important there and I don't want to gloss over it. Um, you talked about some resistance um, of bacteria to antibiotics. And I feel like sometimes when we, um, we, we have this mis, misguided idea that we just take a bunch of probiotics, take a bunch of antibiotics and it kills everything equally. And then at the end, we just take some probiotics and we're good. Um, yeah. Is that true yeah. or can you talk to uh, me about that? No, it's a myth. Um, <laughs> interestingly, uh, probiotics play a major role uh, um, naturally speaking, in a breastfed baby's bowel because mm -hmm. breast milk contains lactoferrin, which locks up iron. Now, mm -hmm. probiotics don't need iron, but the other bugs like E. coli and Clostridia and things like that do need iron. So in the breastfed baby, uh, probiotics predominate and perhaps make up 70 or 80% of the bugs down there. Mm -hmm. But... Um, when we are weaned, the other bugs take over because uh, iron becomes bioavailable and the probiotics um, drop down to perhaps 1% or 2%. Mm -hmm. And at that level, they're not able to um, exert much influence over the outcomes down there. So the only way you can actually affect the balance down there is by pouring a lot in at the top end um, mm -hmm. to try and... Uh, you know, overwhelm the bad bacteria and suppress them. Um, mm. You can't replace the good bugs that have been wiped out by antibiotics because the good bugs that have been wiped out are not probiotics. Mm -hmm. Now that's, you. Uh, you know, so there's a whole range of good bacteria down that we need in our gut that we're not allowed to, to give to you because they're not classed as probiotics, but most of the right. good bugs in our gut uh, bugs other than than probiotics and when they get wiped out you can't really replace them um, okay. permanently great this is i i love that you're just telling us this um when when we take a probiotic how does it support these bacteria that we can't buy in the store we can only find them in nature and from our mother's breast milk how can we support them through taking a probiotic does taking a probiotic even help those other bacteria that are not for sale well it, it may well <laughs> i had one woman who uh, said that she'd had a bioscreen test uh, which was looking at the different bacteria in her gut and that she didn't have any good e coli down there there are good and bad e coli's mm -hmm. by the way mm -hmm. and um could i supply her with an e coli and i said well try our standard product and see what happens and when she did, her good E. coli showed up. Um, so it had been suppressed by the other bad bugs that the pro-good then suppressed. 
um, and allowed the good E. coli to grow. So there's a lot going on down there that we don't understand. But in simple terms, it's a battlefield and we need to send good troops down there to suppress the bad bugs. So that's the main function of a probiotic is to suppress the bad bugs. Now, you've got 90 trillion bacteria or so down there. And if you've got an overgrowth of your, uh, say, your small intestine with bad bugs, um, giving you bloating and uh, diarrhea and all sorts of things and food sensitivities and autoimmune diseases from gut damage and all that, um, you need to send down the best possible troops. And we could make an analogy there, like uh, in America, the best troops would be the SEALs or something like that, or the Green Berets or whatever, um, commandos in Britain. Uh, and uh, so you've got to have the best troops. And I remember a, a Castrol ad, you've got Castrol, the oil in uh, North America. And um, the ad out here in Australia years ago was oils ain't oils. And, uh, you know, castrol by implication is better than other oils. The same thing applies to probiotics. Uh, we had a, um, a state government, uh, New South Wales State Government Department tested 50, I think, or 49 different probiotics um, for their ability to suppress a bad E. coli. Mm -hmm. And about a third of them actually stimulated the bad E. coli. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of products out there that have got like, uh, I saw one uh, advertised that had 24 different strains in there. Right. And the problem with that is, apart from the fact that uh, a lot of those strains had the, the old name and the new name for the same strain... <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was a, a actually 18 strains, but they're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, and, and it, it had things like Saccharomyces boulardii and Saccharomyces cerevisiae. Well, mm -hmm. Saccharomyces boulardii is a subspecies of Saccharomyces cerevisiae, and the mm -hmm. latter is just a bread yeast, you know. So there's a lot of garbage out there. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's better to have a few of the best possible cultures, very few of the best, so they don't fight each other. Um, right. And it is to have a whole range of different cultures down there fighting each other and many of which are stimulating the bad bugs. Um, you know, okay. so... Yeah. So there's another, there's another thing which I didn't, didn't know we were going to talk about, but you're, you're keep bringing up these great points. And... Um, Okay, there's a thing that we all think that that we often think that um, if we have the most the most strains in our probiotic, it makes it the best probiotic, or that we need to like um, rotate different probiotic companies to get the most you know possible different strains um, yeah. in our supplementation. Um, but you're saying it's better to have a couple of the best because right. yeah. they can have a targeted effect. Yeah. That's right. I mean, it's a bit like, let me make an, a, an analogy with the Americans fighting in Afghanistan. Um, would they be more successful with just a whole bunch of green berets than they have been fighting alongside Afghan army people who sometimes turn, turn on them and shoot them, um, as we've seen in the news. And it's the same with 
probiotics, if you've got a whole mixture of different probiotics down there that are actually doing bad things to you, why would you do that? It, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's undermining the whole purpose of probiotics, which is to have the best strains at, at, at suppressing the bad bugs that are causing the damage. Makes now, sense. we can refine that as we go on. There, there may be, um, you know, there's a move to, that suggests that different strains used individually might be better at targeting individual complaints or, or problems. Mm-hmm. But basically, you want a good all-rounder system that's got just a couple of good strains, four at the most, um, that are the best at suppressing the bad bacteria that are causing all these issues. And once you realise that, you you look at these things that have got 10, 12, 24 strains, many of which are just yoga cultures or silage starters that are used by farmers to convert grass into silage, you know, and things like that. They look good on paper, right. but they're dreadful. Yeah, um, label appeal is a big thing. That's yeah. it. I, I, and it's yeah. frustrating trying to get the message across mm-hmm. that um, when you know what you're doing in this area, it's better to have a very few strains that are, uh, are the best at suppressing the bad bugs. Um, right. You know, that's the bottom line of, of all of this. Yeah. And we, by using this, we've been able to totally reverse reverse serious Crohn's disease, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, a friend of mine had four or five major operations, chopping bits of her colon out mm-hmm. that were ulcerated. And mm-hmm. she was in and out of hospital all the time. Mm-hmm. And they finally said to her, look, we're going to have to stop the drugs that you're on at the moment. And you're going to, we're going to have to get you to a, a hospital that imports um, a special a set of drugs from America that are anti-cancer wow. drugs. And even then, after two years, you're going to need another operation. And they wow. said, stay off the, the drugs that you're on now for three weeks before you start the new ones. In that time, she just took a, a dose of Progrid in the morning and a dose in the evening every day. And after three weeks, she felt so good, she never started the new drugs. And... She got better and better and better until the doctors said, well, now we can't find any Crohn's in your body. Um, and she wow. was never in hospital over a period of nine years. And wow. yet she was previously in and out of hospital all the time. And that's because we've selected the best strains at suppressing that MAP bug, Mycobacterium yeah. avium, you know, uh, paratuberculosis bug that causes um, that Crohn's disease and um, that's why she got the result so um, you know you can do great things with probiotics if you know what you're doing right right so the point is not to take a big diverse thing that replaces all the bacteria in our gut that we've ever lost because you point. can't because you yes. can't and that's you the bottom line and that is the big myth about yep. probiotics you cannot replace the, the good bugs that you've lost because they're not probiotics. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So then the point is of taking the probiotic is to have a targeted effect on something that might be imbalanced in the gut. That's right. That's yeah. right. Once you understand that most of the problems in the gut, or probably all of them, if it, you know, without much exaggeration, are due to a, um, an imbalance, a, a dysbiosis, caused by an overgrowth of bad bacteria or yeast, 
you know, uh, Canada can be involved and so on. Yeah. Um, you know, once you realize that, then it's about suppressing those bad bugs. It's a war. Right. Send the right troops down there, feed right. them well on the way down, and um, then they've got a chance of multiplying up to the numbers required to suppress the, the trillions of bad bacteria that have overgrown the gut. Right. And it is trillions. Even when they even when they multiply up, it's probably going to be maybe 2% of our total gut flora. It's not like taking these couple targeted strains is going to take over everything. No, um, that's right. That's it's right. It's going to be a small percentage regardless. Yeah, but they've got to be very good. Uh, that small percentage mm -hmm. has got to be very good if it's going to take on all those, that army of bad bugs down there. I see. I see. But that's... Um, okay. That, yeah, that's why we have the uh, prebiotics there to boost them to much higher numbers as they go down. And to give them their and, best chance. And also, I make this point too. When you take a capsule, um, it has to dissolve in stomach acid usually. Sometimes mm -hmm. they're protected against the stomach acid, but then they have to d dissolve in bile, which is just as bad. And um, they then, when they're coming back to life, rehydrating they're sucking in acid or bile which kills them and so mm -hmm. we prefer to have a, a powder put into a glass of water all the cultures instantly rehydrate um, and they don't have to suck in the acid or the bile and therefore you get much higher survival rates too right and if you take them on an empty stomach they don't sit in your stomach acid and they get lots of surface area coverage because they're in water that makes sense. Yeah, also the prebiotics have been shown. There's uh, some electron photomicrographs of the uh, cultures sticking to the granules of prebiotics and being, in a sense, protected against the acid. Mm. Um, so that's uh, another aspect. That's why we get such success with our product. It's the combination of the best strains boosted to very high levels, surviving the stomach acid much better than with a capsule. And when you put, and you can't fit in a capsule enough prebiotic to make a difference either. So all those things combined make an enormous difference to the success rate. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so are all probiotic strains good for us? We kind of talked about this, but um, is it is it different people have different strains that are that are helpful to them, or is it, um, yeah, just getting those targeted those targeted beneficial? Well, there, there are basically two aspects to this, and and I think, well, let me just say what they are. Firstly, is the suppression of bad bugs that we've talked about. Yep. The next thing is that you have receptors for your immune system in your gut. Most of them are in your gut. Mm -hmm. And the, the immune system is looking into what is the outside world. The, the inside of your gut is still the outside world to your body. Right. Taking and the outside world right into our... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you, if you envisage your intestine, your, your, your gastrointestinal tract is just a hollow tube that goes from one end to the other. Uh, it's still outside your body in a sense. Um, yeah. And so uh, the immune system is looking into that outside world where all that food is going down. Um, and it's saying, are there good bacteria out there or bad bacteria? And when it sees a lot of bad bacteria stuck to those receptors, those payers patches, mm -hmm. then it says we've got to increase inflammation. You know, when you cut yourself and it goes red around as it's healing, that's the immune system producing inflammation. 
Unfortunately, inflammation that's switched on and not switched off again mm. and becomes chronic, that is the source of a lot of diseases that we suffer from uh, today, mm. or it's a component. And mm. when we um, send good bugs down there and that kick those bad bugs off the payers' patches, then the immune system says all is well out there in the outside world. We don't have to produce inflammation to protect the body. Mm. And so inflammation drops. Now, inflammation is a big factor in a whole lot of things, whether it's asthma, hay fever, um, and, and our, our stuff switches off my dust mite allergy, for example. Mm. Um, so I don't sneeze when I vacuum now and so on. Um, but nice. You know, but also, yeah, I always joke that um, when my wife um, vacuumed the house previously, I used to have to leave the, the house because I'd sneeze and so on and streaming. And now I can vacuum the whole house and not sneeze once. Um, and I've even done it once to prove it. Um, awesome. So we should all give our partners probiotics. That's right. You should. Great. You should. <laughs> Actually, I think I do vacuum more than my wife these days, you know. But anyway, um, yeah, so not only that, but things like arthritis or um, the, um, oh, what's that one where they've got, you know, generalized inflammation and pains right through their body. Um, right. I've forgotten the name of it. You know, the older I get, the more words I forget. But anyway, um, that one, um, so fibromyalgia. Fibromyalgia. Fibro, fibro, fibro so painful. Yeah. Yes. And, um, you know, we can switch that sort of thing off too by reducing the inflammation by putting good bugs on the payers' patches, you see. Um, so that's the, the dual effect. Now, I think you can do that with a lot of different bugs. And what I should say is you'll see in the literature that um, researcher X used this particular probiotic and got a good result. Okay, that doesn't mean that a whole lot of other probiotic strains won't do the same thing. It just means that's the one they tested. Exactly. Okay. Mm -hmm. so, it might look in the literature as though, oh, this particular bug is good for that and that one is good for that. Well, they're the, just the ones that were tested. And yeah. if you look at it from the point of view of the general effect of suppressing bad bugs and reducing inflammation, mm -hmm. the best strains at doing those are likely to be effective against a whole range of pro problems. Mm-hmm. Right, right, like that inflammatory, if that inflammatory cascade is going on, it's going to exacerbate any condition or problem. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Uh, um, yeah. So would you say that's the main way that balancing our digestive health affects the rest of our body is by reducing general inflammation? It's one of the components. You see, look, when, when you take antibiotics for, say, an earache, um, the antibiotics, you don't put them in your ear. You put them in your mouth. They go down to the stomach and then through the intestine where they're absorbed into the bloodstream. But on the way, they're like an atom bomb going off. Um, they're absolutely destroying the, the antibiotic-sensitive strains that are in your small intestine particularly. Mm -hmm. And those bacteria there in a healthy small intestine are actually like yoga cultures. They're primarily streptococci and lactobacilli. Mm -hmm. And the, the characteristics of those bugs is they don't produce gas. They are not proteolytic. They don't eat the, the wall of your intestine, for example, the protein mm -hmm. in the wall of your intestine. 
um, they do suppress other bacteria and stop them growing there, but they're very sensitive to antibiotics, more than most bacteria are. So when you swallow that penicillin or der its derivative, you absolutely wipe them out. And then bugs come down from the mouth and take over, uh, mostly from the mouth. And then if those bugs are gas producers, then, and they like glucose or sucrose or something like that, you have a sugary food, they absolutely go berserk down there and multiply and produce gas, which is too low down to burp out and you bloat. Right. How many people do you know get bloating and you know when they eat something that they shouldn't? Um, right. And yeah, so much talk about small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. That's the right one. Now. Yes, SIBO. Yeah. That's it. That's what I'm talking about. And then those bacteria can also damage the lining of the wall of the intestine, damage mm -hmm. those that because it's only one human cell thick that that intestinal wall, and um, when they damage that, you can get then translocation, as it's called, of large food molecules, particularly proteins like gluten or mm -hmm. um, the dairy proteins like casein, into the bloodstream where they shouldn't go. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, you become sensitized to those compounds. So then you'll see someone say, well, I can't have gluten, uh, for example. You know, I can't eat bread. And they're all lining up for gluten-free stuff or I can't eat dairy um, because they're actually, they think they're lactose intolerant, but they may well be protein intolerant. And um, then the other thing that happens is that those bad bacteria can get through the damaged wall of the intestine into the bloodstream. And if they've got structures in them or on them that resemble structures in you somewhere, the, the immune system produces antibodies to those structures yeah. and then those antibodies attack you and that's autoimmune diseases and it could be Hashimoto's thyroiditis or it might be rheumatoid arthritis. There's a genetic component, of course, which determines the structure of the protein in you, but there's also that bacterial component having switched on an antibody that thinks it's attacking the bacteria when it's actually attacking you. Um, so that's the genesis of autoimmune diseases, and that can be reversed. We've seen somebody who had um, arthritis of the neck, ankylosing spondylitis, and this man's wife said when she first met him, he couldn't even roll over in bed. He was in so much pain and on the drugs. And um, after a, a couple of years, I think it was on our product, he actually was drug-free and pain-free, and she said his gluten sensitivity disappeared. So in other words... These, his gut is recovering. The lining is sealing up again um, because he's suppressing the bad bugs uh, that are doing the damage. So everything starts with the gut. As one of my uh, doctors, GPs that I've had to deal with uh, said, and um, yeah, once you understand the dynamics of what's going on down there, you know how to treat it. Right. Um, okay. You said something. You said two years. Um, sometimes I feel like um, it's appealing to, to try something new or to, to try a plan. And then if we still feel crappy after three weeks or even okay. if we're really hardcore three months, then yeah. we quit and move on to some new thing. Okay. Good point. Talk to me. 
Okay, Steph, here I go again. Uh, <laughs> I'm not giving you much chance to talk. but uh, you're I like, no, this is wonderful. Thank you for this. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, um, every, uh, different conditions have different times to fix. Um, for example, I, I've, I've had some people say that it's extremely rapid with their um, hay fever. It might be hours only. Well, one said 20 minutes, and I really have to put a question mark over that. But she reckons she could tell the difference in 20 minutes. Well, okay, okay. And that's a very subjective thing, so I'd like to have more evidence for that. But certainly when it comes to things like diarrhoea um, and gastric reflux, then we're talking 24 hours. Uh, but if we're talking constipation, Constipation is caused by often, in most people anyway, too many bugs that are producing neurotoxins that are paralyzing the bowel brain. Okay, you've got almost as many nerves in your bowel as you have in your brain. And when you have too many Clostridia or E. coli that are producing neurotoxins, these paralyze the nerves and stop the peristalsis, you end up with a slow bowel. And then, it can take, well, it, overnight you can suppress the bad bugs, but the damage that's done to the gut uh, nerves can take a couple of weeks to start being, you know, feel, feeling, okay, now I can see the difference. Um, and I had one doctor who, she uh, was so constipated, she could only go once a week with the help of very, very strong laxatives. And she got onto our product and got better and better and better and declared herself cured um, after a, a number of uh, months on it, but wouldn't have noticed the difference for a couple of weeks. You have to persist with something like that. Um, also, I would say there are a lot of, you know, this FODMAP thing, people mm -hmm. who are sensitive to things like fructooligosaccharides. Mm -hmm. um, this is... Um, you know, the, the medical profession is waking up to the fact that they can say to people, don't eat FODMAPs, these fructooligosaccharides sort of things, um, and it'll improve you, and indeed it does. Um, but, you know, they end up on a very restricted diet and very uh, bored with their uh, diet. Um, right. But what we find is that even though our product has got these sorts of, uh, some FODMAPs in there, that if you start low and work up, you know, in the dose, um, you can actually reverse that whole FODMAP sensitivity thing. And it can take a couple of weeks of pushing up against the symptoms. Um, so people who take a probiotic or a symbiotic with the prebiotics in there uh, might get a, a negative reaction if they jump in at the deep end uh, right. and, and take a two or three doses in the first day. Uh, right. And they're doubled up. And I had one woman say, well, I said to one woman, look, it can take you two weeks to get through just starting with the tip of a teaspoon and working up to a couple of doses a day. Right. And she opted to take two full heap teaspoons a day. And she said that she spent two days in bed, doubled up. And <laughs> but after that, she was fine and she broke through and was no longer sensitive to those things. Um, wow. Well, I don't re ever recommend that you do that, but it can take. I had one woman who said that she tried for two weeks to break through and couldn't and stopped, 
then later started again and gave up again after two weeks because she couldn't break through. Mm-hmm. And she said, my husband was having such good results with your product that this time I, I persisted for a month and broke through. Um, so wow. there is this adaptation that can go on and we're not sure exactly what's going on down there, but, um, you know, you can break through. You can change things, but it can be a period of some discomfort for a couple of weeks usually <clears throat> while you're pushing through. Um, right. Yeah, but it can make a tremendous difference to people's lives if they will just persist with it. Right. Yeah, because ultimately, if we can tolerate the spectrum of carbohydrates, then yes. then we can eat a lot more healthy vegetables. Exactly. Yes, and that's the <laughs> dilemma, isn't it? That's the dilemma. We, we want to eat healthy, healthy foods, but if we're sensitive to them, um, it's it puts us right off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so I have a question. So... Um, when you take a probiotic, yeah, does it just stay in your system? Ah, very good. Um, some probiotics persist longer than others. Um, some can adhere better to the mucosa than others, but generally it's just a wave front passing through, um, lingering, yes, but passing through. Um, the lingering effect is useful because the prebiotics from the second day's dose actually helps to boost the probiotics from the previous day's dose. Um, mm. And with some people, you can get the, the bugs to establish, uh, the, the probiotics to establish in their gut. Um, but usually the immune system, now this is a whole, new, a whole different subject, slightly different subject, but when you're first uh, born, when you come down the birth canal, you pick up, um, of course, the vaginal microflora. Mm-hmm. And uh, embedded in that vaginal microflora is your future gut microflora. And these gradually take over from what initially in the baby's gut looks like the vagina's microbiome, but it gradually migrates towards becoming the adult microbiome. And incidentally, when you have a cesarean birth, it's, um, you know, you're, you're picking up mostly skin bugs uh, rather than vaginal bugs. And those children uh, uh, have double the number of food sensitivities and allergies and things like that. Um, so a lot of hospitals are actually swabbing healthy vaginas and rubbing them on the mouths of, of cesarean babies to inoculate them mm-hmm. with the, the vaginal uh, microflora. Um, so, um, w- can these bugs take over? Some, it, it's not an absolute thing, but if your immune system, well, what happens is your immune system actually imprints itself on the microflora that it sees in your gut in the first year or two of life. And it basically says anything that comes in down the track that's not one that I've previously seen. I will reject. That is why you can get over a salmonella food poisoning episode, for example, because the immune system says, I don't recognize that bug. I'm going to kick it out. Now, the trouble is it can do the same to a probiotic. If it doesn't recognize that as a friendly bug, it'll kick it out. Okay. So there is a strong tendency for the immune system to reject any cultures 
that it hasn't seen before and that it doesn't recognise as being part of mum's microflora. You know, uh, the, the thing is nature makes an assumption that, okay, mum has reached childbearing age, so her microflora must have conferred some survival advantage. She's still on, alive, yeah. She's still alive. Therefore, <laughs> we'll assume that her bugs are a good set. Now, yep. that might not always be the case, but the trouble these days is that we're inheriting from mum a microbiome that's been distorted by antibiotics. And this is thought to be the major cause of autism um, because autistic children have got a lot more spore-forming clostridia in their gut, including clostridium tetani, the tetanus bug, which is producing neurotoxins that are traveling up the vagus nerve and affecting brain development. That's the theory. And certainly we know that um, there's a lot of gut problems in autistic children. And, and we do know that, for example, there's been work on faecal matter transplants in autistic children. It shows dramatic improvement in a lot of those kids. So, yeah. you know, there's a, a large component of gut bugs in the autistic syndrome. The, uh, uh, so uh, it, it is so critical. Um, so probiotics, uh, I've heard one immunologist say that directly you suspect your child has autism, get it onto a good probiotic product straight away. Don't wait a year till the doctor says, oh, yes, we're sure now it's autistic. Um, get them straight away on a good probiotic to try and suppress those bad bugs that are producing the neurotoxins that are affecting their brain development. Right. Um, so, yeah, the probiotics can, can have an impact there too, but it's got to be a good probiotic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, how often should we take them? Yeah. Look, um, every day uh, is what you should do, okay. but I'm, I'm a great uh, one for suck it and see. Um, it, it, generally speaking, if you've got symptoms, they will tell you whether you need to be taking the probiotic, particularly if they're short-term symptoms like uh, bloating and things like that, where you can see a result straight away when you take the probiotic. The next day, you know whether you needed it or not. The, the challenge always is, okay, if you think you're healthy, um, you may have some bugs in your bowel that are going to give you bowel cancer when you're 55, you don't know. Um, right. That is a much more difficult thing. But I would say I would be taking, as I have done uh, almost every day for the last 20 years, uh, mm -hmm. a, a probiotic, our probiotic as it is, um, right. to guard against those sorts of things. And um, right. I know with my mother, she had polyps all the time when she had, um, uh, you know, a colonoscopy. But so I put her on our product and next time she had a colonoscopy, there were no polyps. So, and the polyps, as you know, can be a precursor of cancer. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. So they're transient and it's like an everyday health maintenance. Yes. Plan. If you take vitamins every day, take a probiotic with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow, this is amazing. <laughs> I, I love so many of the things that you said and so many of the myths that we kind of busted through today. I had a feeling that was going to happen. Okay. I'm glad that we did. Um, thank you for that. Um, 
this is going to be one to go back and re-listen to. Is there anything in closing that you would like to, I mean, you've given us so much, but. Yeah. Well, you know, in closing, I'd say, uh, quote one of the doctors that I know, he says, everything starts with the gut. And um, it, it, uh, it, it does sound like I'm trying to sell snake oil because it affects so many conditions. Uh, and I had one guy and I haven't, I'm bald and uh, one guy put his hand up in the uh, talk I was giving and said, does it cure baldness being funny? You know? <laughs> yeah. And I, and I said, well, I've got more hairs growing out of my nose and my ears these days. So I think it's working its way up. But, <laughs> but the point is uh, a probiotic these days with the antibiotics and the diet and so on is a, a major component of, of uh, a health program for anyone. Yeah. All right. Okay. So that's how I'd sum it up. Yeah. Thank you. Thank okay. you so much. Yeah. All right, Steph. Well, thank you for the opportunity to spread the good word anyway and educate people because it's all about education. Yeah. There's some really good teachings today. Thank you so much. Okay, Steph. You're welcome. Yeah. And thank you everybody for showing up. Thank you for joining us for the Healthy Happy Gut Summit, brought to you by The Shift Network. To learn more about our global programs and events, visit theshiftnetwork.com. Thank you again for gathering with us and for sharing this healing path with your friends and family.